From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. A lot of Illinoisans felt sympathy for this, my next guest. Lots, including my wife. It's true. Um, He's coined for putting a face on the Trumpocrat. He's the last governor Illinois had that could both jog and wash himself by himself. His name is Rod Blagojevich. Rod, how are you? Hi, Sean. I'm fine. How are you? Now, if you remember correctly, you used to have a show, and I used to call in to heckle you. My, how the shoe is on the other foot now. <laughs> yeah, except I'm not going to heckle you like you heckled me. That's true. That's true. So now you made the news, kid, and it wasn't because you're going to go with the henna color on the hair. What was the news you made? It looks like you're taking on the state of Illinois. Well, you know, um, I, let me just start out by reasserting for your listeners that, uh, you know, what happened to me, to my family, and to the people of Illinois was wrong. I didn't break a law across a single line. It was all politics. Those conversations that they took out of context were uh, were legal and lawful. They were initiated by then-President-elect Obama, and he didn't do anything wrong either. But what happened was when the U.S. attorney came to my house and came at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm a sitting governor, and uh, they came with SWAT teams and a hostage negotiator. It was all designed to break my will to resist. And then the the U.S. attorney did a super sensational press conference, and he told the big lie that I was trying to sell Obama's Senate seat. Well, Winston Churchill used to say, uh, a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. But that set in motion an un, uh, a foreseeable chain of events, political events, that would ultimately lead to my impeachment and removal. And uh, it was awfully hard to fight against that. I didn't break any laws, and eventually... The appellate court ruled the so-called sale of the center seat was never a crime to begin with. It was everything I said it was, routine political log rolling. And so, you know, I spent eight years in prison for non-existent crimes. I've been fighting every step of the way. I wouldn't give in. They wanted me to give in. They would have gone easier on me if I did. I wouldn't. This is very dangerous to our democracy, what they're doing, where they're undoing the will of the people. And I'm challenging it. Now, I can't get back being governor. They won't. That's not realistic or possible that any kind of lawsuit can reinstate me there. I'm not seeking that. What I am seeking, though, is to take out the provision that they passed that said I'm disqualified for running any office in the state of Illinois, any local or state office. That's what I'm trying to have. uh, So the reality is you may not be seeking the governorship, but you may consider straightening out Chicago or you may want to be an alderman or you may want to be a Cook County commissioner. And God knows you'll be the prettiest one there, but you might want to do something different than governor. Well, if I even did that and, you know, I have no plans to run for any particular office. What I'm really doing is trying to uh, begin the process of getting back what was taken from me. I'm not going to ever get back those eight years that I, you know, spent in prison. Those are gone forever. But moving forward, you know, I'm determined to keep fighting and not giving up. And I'm finding ways where I could roll back what was done. Eventually, my hope and my goal is to is to fully expose what happened. And here's the bigger issue, Sean, because what they did to me at the AAA level to a Democratic governor, what they did was weaponized the power of impeachment and the power of prosecution, weaponizing that for political reasons, not for legitimate constitutional reasons, is the new politics now. They got away with doing it to a. Democratic governor at the AAA level here in Illinois, they tried to do the same thing at the major league level to a Republican president, President Trump. And this is going to destroy our democracy. That so-called phone call to the Ukrainian president was perfectly legal. And what happened on January 6th, that was not the responsibility or the fault of President Trump. He was exercising his right and we the people Showing up to peacefully protest is our constitutional right. But they're twisting these things now for political reasons, to destroy people personally in politics for political reasons. And this is going to ultimately, it's going to lead to the destruction of our democracy because it's stealing from the people their right to choose their leaders in elections, not have uh, prosecutors or politicians in Springfield make fake rules and undo the will of the people. So, Rod, I want to give you a little bit of my input because, as you know, 
I am and have been my whole life a political junkie. I grew up in a neighborhood where it was just something that was the status quo. And when you say they, specifically what you mean, ironically, is the Democrat Party, who I refer to as the Democrat Mafia. So what I was hoping out of Rod Blagojevich is I do believe to a certain extent you're a hundred. You're right as far as them using something that everybody did, picking you out and prosecuting you with it. But the reality is on those tapes, I've listened to several of them. I find it sickening and nauseating that the guy who was on the tape with you is now the governor. The other guy, Rahm Emanuel, went on to greatness. You're fully well. You were around longer than Barack Obama. Yet when he won, you were ostracized and cut out of the loop. To a certain extent, for some reason, it appears that 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 body that once supported you and was responsible for you getting to those that AAA governorship turned on you on a dime. And I'm wondering why they didn't turn on the, the others that I named that were on the phone saying, although I don't agree with you, brother, I'm going to always tell you the truth. If you were standing here, I tell you the truth. I don't agree with a lot of your tactics and what you did. But the reality is when you say you did nothing, the others didn't do. You're kind of right. So why didn't society in general turn on those others and just Rod Blagojevich? Well, I don't know that it was society so much as it was the political establishment. And it was the Democratic political establishment in Illinois led by Madigan. I was fighting Madigan. What I said today at the press event was that uh, I would like to call Madigan and his chief of staff, Tim Mapes, as witnesses if I get a hearing in federal court to explore what their role was in working with the FBI in the days leading up to my arrest and then how they cooperated with the FBI to establish these rules that violated the due process rights of the voters and me to essentially make it a foregone conclusion that I'd get removed from office, and then they went beyond that to disqualify me. So uh, I think it was had, had a lot to do with the Democratic political establishment led by Madigan in Illinois. I was fighting him every step of the way. He was determined to raise taxes on the people. I was determined to not do that, to block him from doing that. I predicted after I was arrested and uh, as they were impeaching me that they were going to raise the income tax by 60 percent. You were right. Within three months. You, know, you were right about because that. the trajectory you saw. I also disagreed with you when you wanted to finance it on business transactions, but that's that's specificity. What I really want to talk to you about and what I know, you know, you know, all of the scoundrels, the Rescos, you know, the Madigan. The most successful mafia don in American history to me is not Al Capone. It's not uh, Luciano. It's not any of the five families. It's not Mickey Cohen. It's Mike Madigan. And to the idea that he could pick and choose and wield that power to shake down a multinational company like Com- ComEd, and everybody knew it. They all knew the scams that were running. What I was hoping you'd do is come out with a chip on your shoulder and say, look, I played the game and they bit me in the, in, in the derriere for it. Now I'm here to tell you how, to, how everything works and expose just the kind of stronghold these two-bit gangsters like Eddie Burke have on this whole state. Well, well two things, Sean. First, I, I didn't play the game. I wouldn't play ball. I fought them. I was determined to do what I can and do the best I could for the people. Those conversations that were unflattering are unflattering conversations. This is effing golden. I'm not giving it up for nothing. It's unflattering. But that by itself is not a crime. None of those things were crimes. In fact, the appellate court ruled that the so-called sale of the Senate seat was legal. That was never a crime to begin with. So I didn't play ball with them that way. I didn't get rich in the job. No, you you, you, you a, politicize the way it goes in Chicago, and everybody knows it. I mean, we don't have to and I fought, parse words. Yeah, and I fought those people, you know, and I worked with some of them when I thought it was in the common good, what I thought was right for the public. But these guys down in Springfield, led by Madigan, the Democratic establishment, they had a certain way of doing business, and they were threatened by somebody like me who had the power of a governor that was fighting that system. They all got rich down there. Madigan's a multimillionaire. He's been there for 40 years almost, the speaker, the quintessential backroom political boss. And he presides over a system down there that serves itself, enriches its members, and does it on the backs of the people. It's why Illinois taxpayers pay taxes at a rate 40% higher than the national average. So I thought that it was my own party. And when I had the difficulties... And the FBI is coming after me, and they were chasing me for five, six years, and I knew it. There's no way I'm on those calls doing anything but trying to make sure everything I, everything I talked about doing was legal. They criminalized legal stuff for political yeah. reasons. I suspect Madigan and a lot of the leading Democrats did it because I wasn't their guy they thought I was going to be who was just going to do what they wanted me to do. I wouldn't do it. 
And so, so let me ask you. Me and that's what happened. Let me ask you this, because yeah. your kids and my kids, ironically, are the same age, right? So that's why okay. my wife had the sympathy, and uh, we would go back and forth about this. And here's my thing to you. As a man to man, to me, well, the reason I do this show, I don't have to do this show. I do this show because I want to make the world a better place for my kids. Even though I agree with you, might not have been illegal in the grand scheme of how Illinois politics is run. In fact, it might have been just the thing that's been going on for 50 years before the name Rod Blagojevich was ever heard. But the reality is, should the way in which the politics in Illinois, in Chicago, and in fact, in America, now that we see the kind of son with Hunter Biden, all of the scandals, you know full well. Should it be the way of American politics, Rod, or should there be a certain change where none of that nonsense is legal. None of it. Okay, let me answer that, because there's no simple answer to that, because it, it's it's nuanced. And let me just say one thing. I have experience at the federal level, too. I was a congressman for six years, and I saw how business is done there. And it's, it's a higher level, a uh, higher quality of lawmakers there. They're a lot smarter. They're a lot more issue-oriented. But it's still an establishment in Washington that's all about itself on the backs of the people, too. It's not that different from Illinois. Of course not. In Illinois, it's just a cruder version of it. Yeah. And what happens is when you get outsiders, like I, I was like a guy that married into the system, sort of into that world. But I, and and I, I certainly benefited by it. It wasn't like I was some choir boy in the sense that I wasn't taking the support of Democratic political bosses. I married the daughter of one, right? Yep. But when I, I had the position of power, I really felt like I could use that to help people. And I, I came up against a status quo that fights against you. That sort of swamp that exists in Washington. It exists in Springfield. Trump has gone through the same thing at a higher level. And here's a guy who's not trying to enrich himself in that position. He's trying to do what he thinks is right for the country. I would draw the line and say this, when you have a system that's all about these politicians who go to Washington or go to Springfield so they can elevate their financial situation and get rich through the work that they do, that's wrong. That should be changed. The American people ought to rebel see, th- against this that. This is the rod I want to talk to. This is the rod I want to see have a bright future, the one that understands this is bipartisan skullduggery. There's a reason Peter yeah. Roscom. There's a reason Paul Ryan. There's a reason little Dick Durbin's nephew or cousin or whatever it is and his wife and the rest of them are all lobbyists. And the place where there's never a recession is Washington, D.C., and K Street is better than Wall Street. And if you now have the inner workings and all the nuances, you know them the way a chef knows recipes. Couldn't you be more beneficial to the American people by saying, my name is Rob Lagojevich. I was in the scum. Now I'm here to kick its derriere. Yeah, I love that. It's a great quote. We should put that as a slogan. Yes, I believe that. Yeah, I've seen the world from all sides, from, you know, high in the top of a mountain in a deep, dark valley where I was for eight years, sheltering in place. I've seen it in Washington. I had a little experience with Donald Trump on Celebrity Apprentice. And I'll tell you something. He's the reason the establishment is so determined to destroy him is because he is a threat to the way they do business. And all of the priorities and the uh, incestuous relationships that they, ha- they have in Washington, I experienced that in Springfield and in Illinois Your at, a whole life. at a smaller level. But it's exactly how the system works. And again, I would go back to, is that elected official, that public servant, someone who is not elevating his or her position financially, only working on the job and the business of the people, or do they have some other angle? Too many of them, you know, they do the bidding of the special interests for a few years in the Congress, and then they get a nice big job, as you say, on K Street as lobbyists representing the different corporate interests and others. It is sickening. So let me ask you before I let you go. You try to fight against that, they destroy you. Go ahead, Sean. Before I let you go, how are the kids? Yes. Good. Thank you so much. Yeah, did you let him go to Lollapalooza, or you say not not anymore? I don't have a service, a Secret Service team. Well, Sean, there's a couple of things. I'm no longer governor, so it's not like I have any power right. anymore at the state. And um, I was a dad who was gone for a long time. I have no power in my house either. <laughs> my daughters do what they want. They yeah. listen to their mother. But let me having said that, they're good yeah. girls. Uh, good. They're well behaved. They're both do good in school, and neither one of them went to Lollapalooza. Good for you, Rod. And by the way, it wouldn't have been much different if you were home. It's the same, and I was there every day. But listen, you take care of yourself. I wish you the best. And I want you to really, when you want to really come in and talk about the real skullduggery, you call me back, all right? All right, my friend. Thanks. Mark Vargas is terrific. He's a credit to your network. Yeah, but don't be promoting Mark Vargas on my show. I'll promote Mark Vargas. You just gave Mark Vargas a shout-out. This is the Sean Thompson Show. But all right, I'll let it slide. It's your first time on Sean Thompson, he'll do a shout-out for you when he has it on Sunday night. (laughs) That's right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right.
Bye-bye. Bye. 312-642-5600. I think it was interesting, right? I think it was... I, I do think that the... Um, the interesting part will be when he sees that it's time to really blow the doors off and show everybody exactly how it works from the inside out. And that's what I think Rod Blagojevich would be an asset to the people of Illinois with. I hope soon he joins my opinion. 312-642-5600. If you're on the line, stand the line. So this is a bigger issue. The, the, the legal versus right. I've never been interested in legal and the nuances of the way in which law has been weaponized against liberty, right? And we all know that is. But right is the broader answer. So I was listening to a news story that is presented as if it were a slam on Trump. I want you to hear this. All right, I got to talk. We didn't hit the right button. So um, as you know, right now in Illinois, in Chicago, Trump Plaza, Trump Towers has a uh, tax credit coming. Now, since Trump became the presidential candidate, he's been maligned and attacked by the mafia Democrats. Cook County may owe former President Donald Trump $1 million. An Illinois tax agency has ruled that Trump is due the refund on the 2011 tax bill of his downtown Chicago skyscraper. Last month, the Illinois Property Tax Appeal Board voted unanimously to reduce the assessment on the building's commercial property. This resulted in that refund. But the Cook County State's Attorney's Office has filed a lawsuit with the Illinois Appellate Court in hopes of blocking it. If the refund is paid, the money will come out of the taxes due to the city, Chicago Public Schools, and seven other governments. Well, that's just the way they blow the money. But it was voted unanimously. Why was it voted unanimously? Why? Because he paid that wannabe gangster in the pinstripe suit with the gold Rolex, Eddie Burke, a tremendous amount of money to get it done. He got it done in this culture of corruption we call Chicago, we call Cook County. Trump paid for the service. The service was done. All the other politicians voted for it unanimously because they were told to by the Don, by the Big Cheese, by the Capo de Tutte Capo. Now, is that legal? Yeah. Is it right? Absolutely not. So now what does the capital of mafia corruption, Chicago, Illinois, want to do? Well, now they want to claw back the corruption that Donald Trump paid for. Why? Because it's wrong? No. Because it's illegal? No. Because he's a Republican who ran against them. So they're not, they're not shunning the corruption. They're not shunning the, poli- the politics, the corrupt, dirty, Democrat mafia politics. Oh, no, no. They're shunning the idea that Trump is getting the recipient of it. But what if ComEd did the same thing? What if all these multinational companies all paid, say, scumbag gangster wannabe lawyers like Burke and Madigan? They all paid for this this rebate, this corruption. They all got the same unanimous vote. Should their exemption not be given? You see the problem? Legal versus right. Doesn't matter if it's legal. It matters if it's right. And if it's wrong, it's always wrong, no matter how many Democrat gangsters say it's right. 312-642-5600. So I get a text message from a loved one. Text message from a loved one. She says, don't bash Trump. I think I'm bashing Trump in that last segment. Not bashing Trump. He merely paid for the game that was created long before Donald Trump existed. I don't bash, bash Trump for buying Ed Burke. Any more than I bash ComEd for buying Mike Madigan. That's the system of political corruption we think is normal. In the same way, Costco has to bend knee when they want to open up a uh, warehouse in a uh, an area that is controlled. Same way Amazon does. Same way all of them. Boeing, for God's sakes. We're bribing pharmaceutical companies that make millions of dollars in Illinois, 240 million for to build it over here. And we'll put it in this neighborhood and you'll get the tax uh, uh, abatements. That system should not exist is what my broader point is. It could not exist because people wanted to open things. If the licensing, if the regulation were honest and fair and true and the taxation couldn't exist, but it does exist because those are confiscatory, onerous Mafia-controlled regulations and taxes. That's why it exists. So I'm not picking on Rod Blagojevich. I'm not picking on Donald Trump. I'm going to break that damn system. 
shatter it. None of it should exist. That's the only way we can get out of this sewer that these political whores put us in. Simple to me. All right, Michael in Chicago. Sean, great show, man. Nice to hear you talk the way you do. Thank you, brother. Two, two things, two things. Um, Rob Bogorovich, I like the way you got him to not fess up, but uh, he, he bellied up to you a little bit. He uh, wasn't so strong voice. And I like Rod. I think he got railroaded, although he did do some bad things and say some bad things. But like he says, he didn't cross any lines in that's politics. It's disgusting. First I of all, I, I kind of believe to a certain extent. Think about it from his standpoint, right? He's a young lawyer. He meets a girl. The father's a uh, Chicago oligarch. That's what he is. Comes in the system <laughs> and says to himself, well, OK, listen, this is obviously scum. I've got to figure out how to take advantage of this position. And maybe, maybe that was his thought, to maybe make it better for the people. Now, did it work? Well, obviously not, because that system protected itself and turned against Rod and cut him loose, rather than exposing, who's he on the phone with in all of those tapes? He's on the phone with the governor now. If you listen to Pritzker and Rod Blagojevich on those FBI tapes, how could you think lesser of Rod and not Pritzker? When Pritzker is the one trying to buy, you know, it's the John and the hooker who's at fault. One's trying to buy it. The other one's trying to sell it. Right. So that's the problem. So, you know, I mean, maybe maybe for a minute, if I if I put my opinion on on his policies, which I disagree with vehemently aside and listen to him, maybe he was in his mind trying to make Illinois better through shattering the corruption. But if he did, he failed miserably. And what he should do now rather than run, which I think he shouldn't put himself through, because that system is going to chew him up in the same way it's going to chew Trump up. What he should do now is simply work to expose it day in and day out, because he knows all of it. it. He knows what Resco is, that smarmy cockroach Resco. And by the way, he's back, Jack, bigger than ever. So, you know, he knows all that. Maybe it'd be better for society if he broke it all apart. Thank you, Michael. But I hope he does the right thing. Seems like a decent guy. I mean, I never talked to him before. Seems decent. Teresa, Northside. I did talk to him on his radio station. I did call him up. And he said, I like the passion. That was the only time I talked to him before this time. But go ahead. Teresa, how are you? I'm good, Sean. Uh, Did you see where Nancy Pelosi says President Trump's tax returns are a national security issue? Yeah, but why aren't Nancy Pelosi or her husband? Why aren't Hunter Biden's? Why isn't Joe Biden's brother? Or how about Jill Biden before she was so popular and a doctor? I'd like to see hers. In fact, I'd like to see them all. I think if you are a sitting congressman, if you work for a congressman, if you lobby a congressman, I want to see all of them because I think she's right. It is when you have a politician. It is. I want to see where all the where all the, the bones are. Show me them all. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. I like it. I say we show them all. And by the way, I want to do it. I want to expose all of it. So that maybe that way people will say, gee, I don't like the way that goes. I don't like the way Peter Roskam here. Pick on a Republican. He's they're easy to hate. Peter Roskam loses the congressional seat. What's he doing now? He's a trust fund, baby. Never had to work a day in his life. He was a pretend. He had his pretend job as as a congressman. What did he do right after he lost? Lobbyist. Paul Ryan. What did he do? Speaker of the House, the whole nine yards. We lobbyist. And then we could do on the, on the Democrats, which, by the way, the Democrats, those are their only options. They work their way up in that corruption. And that's how their companies are all based. That's how their entire career goes. They're nothing without corruption, except for those self-loathing right. ones who hate themselves and, and become actors. Thank you very much, Teresa. I appreciate it. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. I, I love Aaron Rod, I was never a big fan of him. I actually thought he was rather comedic, but uh, but he could wash himself yeah, without an assistant, I, and he could jog. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Don't run for anything. Just get out there and say, you know, you want to talk about a tell-all book that would be worth it. Yeah. This guy could write a tell, tell-all book that would be like the Encyclopedia Britannica. He could have volumes to his tell-all book. That's what I want him to do. But uh, Dave, yeah. hopefully, he, he does seem, you know, when you hear him talk, he does understand and he does to a certain extent. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not saying I agree with, with his interpretation of what happened. I'm not saying that. No, I, but when yeah. I, I've listened to hours of those tapes, 
Is he doing anything the other party is not doing? Yet what happened to each and every one of those scoundrels? Every one of them. What happened to them? Nothing. They got promotions. They were dragged into the Obama administration. And we got the, the one who is the most culpable is your sitting governor today. So, Dave, I agree with you. And by the way, Dave, thanks for listening and thank you for the call. Miles on 294. Hey, Sean. You know, Illinois operates like uh, medieval England or something. Rob Lagojevich jumped the line, and in one generation he wanted to become a senator or a big-time politician, and he pissed off. He got all the people angry about him who had been working for generations, like the Heinzes and the rest of them. If he had kept his mouth shut and... If he would have... If line, he's a lot like Trump. If he would have had the, the demeanor of Obama, he would have been president. If he would have had that that absolute and total, very polished, instead of Western Avenue car salesman, if he would have been a Beverly Hills Ferrari salesman, he would have been president because he had better connections. He actually, to a certain extent, had a better spiel, but Obama was able to pull it off better, yet worked up through that same corrupt sewer that we call Chicago Democrat politics. So, you know, I mean, his argument, his, his greatest defense is, I wasn't doing anything those guys on the other side of the phone weren't doing, except when it came to Children's Hospital and all of that. There, I di- I, I, I'm sorry. I know too much about the case to agree wholeheartedly with him. He did leverage and lean on. Now, his argument is it's not illegal. And to a certain extent, how much of that goes on on a daily basis that we never hear the phone calls of? We never hear those if phone he calls. He jumped the line. If he hadn't jumped the line with the other mafia families, they never would have prosecuted Exactly. How would you like to hear a phone call between one of ComEd executives and one of Mike Madigan's capos? I'd like to hear that phone call. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Miles. And by the way, something tells me there's tapes of those phone calls. John in Portage Park. Hi. Uh, I love your show, Sean. I've been listening to you since Dan and Amy. It's just, it's just great. Thank you. I, my, my question is, how come there isn't drug tests for... Senators, congressmen, presidents, aldermen. Judging by their policies, I hope they're high. I don't want. I don't <laughs> want to think they're so, sober and that's stupid. Otherwise, we just might as well have Lady Liberty transgender into Karl Marx right before our eyes. That would make more sense. Thank you, John. I love you, Sean. Thank you, Thank brother. You. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to take the rest of your calls. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. When I get back. I love this song. It's a great song. Man. You know, I cut my workout short for Rod. I had to come in. They thought I had to prep. I've been prepping for Rod for 12 years. Followed his career. I actually kind of had high hopes for him. Then he started to do a couple different Democrat philosophy things. I was like, nah, this isn't good. Never thought we'd be to the point we're at today, though. I don't know if anybody else saw this, but I did. Uh, the governor says that this new law uh, modernizes the 53-year-old law for firearm owner identification or FOID cards. It gives more money to state police for dealing with FOID and concealed carry applications. It will also boost efforts by law enforcement to take away firearms from people who have had their FOID cards revoked, including from those who are deemed to be a threat to themselves or to the public. Now, updating this law became a priority after that mass shooting that happened in Aurora in February. February 2019 at the Henry Pratt Company. So Pritzker decided that the people who are really the threat are the people who lawfully go through the system of a FOID card and concealed carry. They are the ones who will now have an onerous, more onerous effect to actually own a gun legally. But as for the gangster disciples who like to keep that heroin stream moving, things are the usual, as same as usual for them. Because what Pritzker doesn't understand is virtually everything because he never had to. He woke up and one day he was a billionaire. The minute he knew mommy uh, could change his diaper, he had nurses and everything else. He wasn't like normal people. But what he unfortunately has a tendency to do is a fascism, fascism and stupidity, because what he understands is in that system for the first time in his miserable, useless, neckless life. He's important and he's got control. Who does he use his uh, his control over the law abiding people? Don't worry. The illegal gangbangers will thrive, as they always do, in Democrat ghettos, in Democrat hubs. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hey, congrats, Sean, on the extra hour you earned it, dude. Oh, thank you. I um, appreciate it. 
I saw the documentary on Blagojevich, and I, what struck me about it was that I think the Black Mafia was very threatened by him and went after him. <laughs> was okay? it Black Mafia? All right, how many mafias we got? Yes, okay. in Chicago. I, why I, don't you I, say I, the I Democrat the, Mafia? Okay, well, same thing. You know, I, you know, uh, I call it the Obama bunch on the south side of Chicago. Huh. Uh, you know, like Preckwinkle, all of them. They're all from the same bunch, okay? But, they all went to the University of Chicago, all hung out, all live in the same neighborhood, same people. But what I'm saying is he had something very special, and... Um, and then on top of it, like you said, he took care of himself, and he could have gone so far. But they had their guy, and their guy was Obama, and they had plans for him, and they did not want Blagojevich getting yeah. in the way. But here's you're right. But but my my broader point is the political system we pretend is legal is wrong, and until we as a people, as a body politic, reject that kind of politics and call it wrong and make it illegal. This is going to be the same thing. The names are fungible. The people are fungible. It'll just be a change in names. That's all it is. So that's the point. But I, once again, 17 counts found guilty. But do I think that they could have found every politician guilty for the same thing? The answer is yes. It's just I hope they they go after more. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Drago on the Lakeshore Drive. Yes, Sean, this is Drago. How are you, Drago? One thing you're forgetting Rod's downfall started with the fight that he had his with his father-in-law over the junkyard in Joliet or Aurora, whatever that thing is. I'm not forgetting that. that I know that very well. And up on him after that. I want if him to tell it. Papa, if it wasn't for Papa, probably uh, nothing would have happened. But I want him to tell it. I know the story. And I know it because that's my, I mean, believe me, every, I, I, in the real estate game, everybody knows everything that goes on. And you have to bend well, knee. You have to bend knee to that system. Why? Because they control the difference of the value of your property. And that's why they're so rich and they're so powerful. That entire system needs to go away. But Drago, I need him He's to tell. talking to it, another junkie. He it, was junkie like you. It means, it means I, something when he tells the story. Thank you, Drago. I appreciate it. I got to go. I got time for John. John in Waukegan. Hello. How are you? Yeah. Um, If you remember, Rod kept saying, play all the tapes. I remember. And I listened to as much as they would release. But they didn't do it. Of course not. Because, hey, two times Obama got lucky. In two trials, the judges said that they couldn't play them. However, these were posted on the Internet with Rod talking to Obama. And what they did, they blacked out everything Obama said. Now, the people that know lifted it and repasted it. And when they did, there was Obama bargaining to buy that seat that Rod was offering. Okay? Common political business. See, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant from the corrupter's point of view. Because here I have a system that I could, because it's so corrupt and so wrong, that I could keep the the purity in the players because all I have to do is point a finger at one and they're going to jail. But you couldn't do that unless that entire scheme is wrong. That's the broader point, John and Waukegan. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. I will be back after this. Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. For decades, the American Democrat Party is not only a party that runs itself as a Marxist mafia, but has based its policies on the 1936 Soviet Constitution. Apparently, the only people who understand that are people who were born in the former Soviet Union. 
people like my next guest, Rebecca Koffler, who is the author of the book Putin's Playbook, and I am proud to have her on the show. How are you, Rebecca? Great. Thank you very much, Sean, for having me. I'm proud to be on your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So you are, or you were, a defense intelligence, you worked with the Defense Intelligence Agency. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell me the truth behind the so-called Russia collusion, which I never really bought, but I really think that Hunter Biden is involved with. Well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Russia's Trump collusion is basically a conspiracy theory and a politicized hoax that was perpetrated on the American people by the corrupt officials in the upper echelons of the intelligence community. It did not exist. Russia is nonpartisan. It is anti-American, and Putin seeks to weaken the United States, whomever, whoever it occupies the White House. He's anti-Trump, he's anti-Biden, he's, anti- he's anti-U.S. president writ large. I'll tell you, Rebecca, if, if I were to think of, of Russian collusion, to me, what that means to me is the idea that there were a orchestrated effort by Marxists, by communists, by the Soviet Union to infiltrate and undermine the American fundamentals and principles through through misinforming and an ideology of communism as benign and a utopian state of affairs, I would say that that had started around the same time it had already taken over the Soviet Union and around 1913 in America and has grown to inhabit so many bureaucracies and so many people inside of those bureaucracies that that Leviathan, unfortunately, is too big in the American landscape to combat from the outside. Would I be right? You are absolutely on target again, Sean. So the whole um, influence operation that was planned way back in the Soviet Union and um, a defector, a Soviet defector named Yuri Bizmianov actually warned the U.S. government, specifically the Central Intelligence Agency, that Soviets um, had a program to subvert the United States and destabilize it from within by infiltrating government institutions. And so throughout these times, they basically were indoctrinating or supporting the indoctrination of leftist Marxist ideology and its great manifestation today is the critical race theory. And unfortunately, our government was not listening to the warning, just like it wasn't listening to my warning that Russia presented a threat to America. When I was uh, within the Defense Intelligence Agency uh, working on Russian doctrine and strategy as an intelligence officer. And now Americans are defenseless, whether it's cyber attacks by Putin or a whole host of other uh, capabilities, both military and non-military, that Putin used to destabilize our country. Now, Rebecca, although I would never compare the quality of life in the Soviet Union and Chicago, Illinois, and the surrounding Democrat-run suburbs, what I will compare is the level of political corruption that is accepted by those citizens. I see a drastic similarity between the kind of corruption that we in Chicago, Illinois, and Cook County specifically deem Mm -hmm. as normal as something you, as a former Soviet Union citizen, understand is the only way people can survive in a corrupt totalitarian society. Do you see the American future like the Chicago, Illinois, reality and present time just spreading throughout the land? It frightens me, uh, Sean, how much similarity I see. In fact, uh, I've written an opinion piece that was published on Fox News website called USSR, which stands for um, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, USSR 2.0, my adopted U.S. homeland is giving me flashbacks to the Russia I fled. I fled the Soviet Union 
30 years ago. And today I find myself uh, telling my children, American-born children, the same thing that my mom used to tell me. My parents were anti-communist. And they they used to say, do not believe everything your teachers teach. Do not tell anybody your family's views. And do not believe everything that you see on TV. The level of corruption right now in our government is alarming. And they're taking us on the pathway of destruction towards socialism. The same system that destroyed my birth country, USSR. At least the Soviet Union had the honesty to call their media Pravda <laughs> and admit that it was a propaganda wing of a very corrupt, failed totalitarian system. When you watch media in America today, when you watch them undermine American principles of liberty and freedom and advocate for fascism, for Marxism, for socialism and communism, does it sicken you or or do you see hope in the American public writ large rejecting it? It's a tough one, uh, Sean. First of all, um, again, it's ironic that the Soviet system, at least it was almost like intellectually honest because at least the people never believed right. in, the, in the system. Yeah. And ironically, we loved America, we loved Ronald Reagan, and we knew that America is the beacon and freedom of justice. Now, the current leftist propaganda indoctrination is so sophisticated that they were able to brainwash our children to the point where they absolutely do not even see socialism as a threat. And that is very, very uh, alarming to me. And so I'm not certain I am every day I'm fighting the fight against socialism uh, because it's a destructive system, and I survived it, and I will never support it here for, for my children. But I'm not certain. I'm hopeful that if a strong leader, somebody like former President Trump, who was uh, very, very anti-socialism, I'm hopeful that such a leader will come in and dismantle everything that the Biden administration uh, did. But I'm very concerned that maybe we have crossed what's called the tipping point. So I'm just just not sure. I hope that we will prevail. So when you see, because I'm blessed in life, I was raised by people who were, they never talked to me like a child and they were very anti-fascism and Marxism. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they saw it destroy their own countries where they came from. And I think, unfortunately, we are at a point in America when those are the only people that recognize exactly what's happening in America. So when you see in the news the American government threaten, intimidate, coerce, and demand something as the vaccination be mandated. And you realize that back in the Soviet Union, when you were younger, when your mother told you stories, they were merely property of the of the government. And they had no opportunity to have an opinion for themselves. And you see that happening here. And at the same time, Vladimir Putin, who also grew up in a Soviet system, former KGB agent, says openly, I will not mandate the vaccine for my Russian citizens. Do you think that maybe he is less fascistic than our 80-year-old in diapers? I'm not sure if Putin less fascistic or not. Putin will say anything, you know, to get his way. He will lie both to external and internal uh, audiences. So like Mitch McConnell. So will... <laughs> yeah, all right, very good. Well, a bunch of them. There, yeah. there are a lot of politicians right now, actually on both sides, who simply, you know, who are liars, and they create rules for the rest of us, the less immortals, and they don't follow rules. Both sides, really, during the pandemic. We know that they did say, while, you know, they expected the rest of us to stay home, you know, and deal with our children who were climbing walls because they couldn't be properly educated, you know, being at home, you know, the so-called online education, which was a joke. They themselves went to the restaurants. They violated their own mask, you know, silly rules. So I don't know. I'm very concerned uh, about 
the current administration monumental shift towards socialism, towards the totalitarian way of controlling the American citizens. And we need to fight it as fight as we can before it actually firmly takes root because it could be it could be too late, and then you know they'll start. They're already look at what's happening after the January six. They've thrown uh, to jail people, some people who simply express political views. And once they start throwing people in jail left and right, then it's very difficult. Like you see in Russia, it's very difficult to change the government. I have a theory that uh, in these governments, see, I understand government is but a word. There are, it is occupied by people, people and bureaucracies with arbitrary power that we have agreed to submit to. I believe mm-hmm. it is in the 80-20 rule in many, many things in life. I, From what I can witness in my life and my news being a news junkie and from our experience in the Donald Trump years, it appears to me that 80 percent of these bureaucracies are inhabited by Soviet socialist thinking, Marxist friendly people. You've worked in government. I want you to tell me I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you won't. Am I wrong? Alarmingly, you're correct. Uh, There's a handful of competent, dedicated intelligence officers and national security professionals who want nothing but pursue the mission of protecting Americans from foreign threats. The rest of them are either dead wood, they're incompetent, they don't know, you know, whether it's Russia or whether it's China, Iran, Afghanistan. You see the results of this type of incompetence um, in the, you know, U.S. foreign policy all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Afghanistan is a wreck. It's because you have people uh, working on the targets that they have no competence in. You have people who don't speak Russian, never have set foot on Russia, do, working on the Russian target. And they would tell me things like, you know, oh, the Russians don't think that way. And I would say, really, we don't? And there's <laughs> such arrogance, again. Ignorance and arrogance. Ar- ignorance and arrogance. So you're absolutely correct. And so what these people do is, they actually tried to censor my book. I don't know if you're aware of it, but the U.S. government uh, deleted a whole bunch of information. And you can see the blackouts in my book. If the readers, you know, will go out and... Um, so they uh, redacted your of- book because you were a, firm, a former intelligence agent. Is that correct? And because I... So I had to submit uh, my book the process called the PRB, the pre-publication review, that every intelligence officer has to submit. This process uh, is a legitimate process, but they weaponize it against people who criticize the government for their deficiencies and incompetence. And so they deleted a whole bunch of information claiming it's classified. But it's not classified. It's simply my criticism of their inability to... Uh, place proper resources and develop a counter strategy to Putin's playbook so that uh, we can protect Americans. And they are simply unable to do that. And you see that we haven't responded to Putin's cyber attacks. We haven't really done anything. Russia for 20 years has been working, targeting uh, our country and our citizens. And the U.S. government has done nothing about it. Biden keeps uh, reaching out for a reset, yet another reset. So criticism against the American government is now deemed classified and they can redact any information. I have a suggestion for you that you you implement those chapters. I believe Washington, D.C. to be Caligula and Las Vegas for nerds. One thing that was obvious to me after the Peter struck uh, the girl that could eat an apple through a fence. Lisa Page affair is I think that's going on in every one of these agencies. I think it is just chaos there and a home for sexual deviance. You think I'm wrong? 
I don't know about that. Honestly, <laughs> right. I wasn't. You know, All right. we weren't. I mean, you could have you could have gossiped it up know. and really made them nervous. If they're not going to let you write what you want to write, write what they don't want you to write. As far as entertaining the people with gossip, I think it would have worked for you, maybe uh, in volume two. But I'm looking forward to reading volume <laughs> one, Rebecca. Koffler, she is the author of Putin's Playbook. I want to thank you so much for joining me. And I have a little track record here. I don't know if you know that. I have authors on for books, and we get an uptick in sales. So I'm hoping that happens, because you're going to get one with me. After the show, I'm going to buy it. So thank you very much for coming on the program. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure to have been here. Thank you. Rebecca Koffler, we'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600. Hey, hey, Mama said the way you move going to make you sweat, going to make you There's no reflection on our last guest. I don't want you know what I mean. It's a weird song, but a good song, wonderful song. And I went to uh, Lollapalooza. I, uh, my daughter, you know, she renegotiated with me about Sunday, and ended up going on Sunday. And I went to pick her up, and I have to say, it was pleasantly. I mean, there was the traffic wasn't bad. I went at like ten o'clock. I was pleasantly surprised with uh, the amount of traffic, but I saw the kids coming out, and I tell you what, I haven't been in a few years. My older one was it was years ago. I went. It's a shame the way they let these kids dress. I mean, I say that as a parent, and Rob Blagojevich said, "You have no control over me," although you do a little bit. But man, oh man, let it all hang out as a new definition. It's just kind of gross. Marcy and Elgin. <laughs> Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, Sean, I'm so sorry. I was just trying to write this out. I never call in. But I'm an American citizen all my life. I'm very conservative. And, you know, I for years I was in the John Birch Society. And it was a good society. And they pointed out all the problems in our country. And my husband and I for years tried to show people how the tax structure was wrong, tried to do our best to educate people. Now, I may be wrong about this, but I'll just spit it out because this came to my mind when I woke up this morning. It has to defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Very bad. Obviously, it's a socialistic tactic. My next thought is what they'll want to do is most likely set up citizen review boards made up of socialists who will govern this and then they're letting the criminals out of jail and these people will come and they will appoint them to keep americans in check well that works with the education system so what you're predicting is is just a a uh, a a model that's worked in the education system and what you're going to see happen is this work in very Democrat, you know, the Democrat-run states and Democrat-run municipalities. It's already working. So, unfortunately, it's already worked. In the same fashion that the John Birch Society was attacked in the 50s for speaking on principles of constitutionality and capitalism. So, you saw it destroy that, that group you were a member of successfully. And now you realize, Marcy, it can destroy anything. But I want to thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate you taking time to call. I always love the new callers. I love the regular callers. And uh, our next segment we have uh, dedicated for you. Now, the kids here at the station who are children and created this because it's the conspiracy theory. But the reality is it's not a conspiracy theory. What they're living through, and in some cases, maybe passively supporting is a takeover of the American freedom and liberty and the principles of America. And they're doing it because they think it's sophisticated or, and I'm not, I'm not saying all of the kids that work here, but I'm saying some of the younger ones, they don't understand the danger in colluding and collaborating with communists or socialists or Marxists. So here's one and we'll get it started. Organization backed by Bill Gates and George Soros buys COVID testing company. Now, is that a conspiracy theory or is it something that was written in the Epic Times and infor- informative? We'll discuss that and other information. 312-642-5600 when we get back. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Everyone, they're here already! Make me 
Believe Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. Under the supervision of the reverse vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. All right, so every Monday, we explore the world of conspiracies. It's not a conspiracy if history vindicates you like me. However, there are some crackpots out there, and that's the part I want to talk about. All right, so I want you to convince me that your so-called conspiracy theory, theory you believe is real. All right, I will debunk it. I will be the judge of conspiracies. We've had calls on Kennedy assassination, on aliens, chemtrails. These are the things I want to discuss, and then I will tell you some of mine. So I want to get started. My show, I want to get started. I have rejected the Bill Gates vaccine, various conspiracies. I have. I admit that. I don't think that uh, Bill Gates necessarily, I was reluctant to think he was trying to corner the vaccine market, although I will admit some of the new information on what's been going on with the Gates Foundation has startled me. There is one That was released over the weekend in the Epic Times organization backed by Bill Gates and George Soros, whose name appears in a lot of these conspiracy theories, buys out COVID-19 testing company. Now, when I first read this, I thought it was a story in The Onion. However, it's not a um, a group backed by George Soros and Bill Gates has joined a buyout of MyLogic, a COVID-19 testing company, the Soros Economic Development Fund, um, an arm of Soros Open Society Foundation, confirmed on July that um, in a statement they are partnering with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which I thought he was getting divorced. Does they still have the foundation together? Anyway, they're paying $41.1 million for this project, according to this statement. So that's, you know, that would be called a conspiracy, right? But it does seem... That it's real, and that's upsetting to me. Is it upsetting to you? 312-642-5600. Got two Bobs on the line. Bob and Bob. Bob and Schaumburg. What about you, Bob? Yeah. Uh, my, two, my, my thing is, I think the spike in all this uh, virus that's coming across the border, that they're bringing it all over with them. And how many have they planted in Illinois, in Chicago, these illegals? How many are roaming around the city? So these are two conspiracy theories, one of which I believe, and I'll tell you another thing. There is a tremendous amount of illegal immigrants, also known as illegal aliens, that have been carted by the American government. This is well known, the Air Force. And ironically, there have been some brought to Republican states, mainly Florida. It was a big problem when I was there last. By the way, I'm going next week. When I was there last, that they were they were flying in illegal aliens. And the big concern was, have you tested them for covid at the time? And it would explain why they're sending them to Republican areas as to create a spike in the new Delta variant. I like it. And I'm going to go with it. I think you're right. What do you think about that, Bob? Uh, I'm thinking, yes. All right. I agree with Bob. I don't care. Call it what you will. Transport the vid into states that are resisting your takeover so you could say, look, there appears to be a spike in that state. All right, I'll go along with that, these devious Democrats. Jesse Hammond. Yeah, uh, a few years back before the COVID hit, a lot of seniors, uh, citizens, and people with pre existing conditions uh, couldn't, they said they couldn't get uh, coverage through Obamacare and through regular insurance before Obamacare. Okay. And it seems it seems like uh, when the COVID hit, the majority of the people who died were pre-existing conditions, and a lot of seniors were stuffed in these. As they tend to do. Unfortunately, seniors. nobody gets out alive. The yeah. old people and the sick people yeah. die. Yes. Yeah. And I, I believe they were put there, pushed in there, and, so I like this one. Killed because. So what you're saying because, is they. Because you know the insurance companies couldn't cover them. 
So you know, put it under a pandemic, <laughs> put it under a national yeah. emergency. Now society covers it and the people take their eye off the failures of a corrupted socialist system like Obamacare. And at the end, the answer will be to somehow take everyone on to a socialist system. After all, it's the best for society. And we have to take care of this virus, this national pandemic, and it pays for the vaccine. Huh. I'll tell you what. Granted, I buffed it up, Jesse, but I kind of believe it. All right, I like that one, too. We're two for two. I like it. All right, let's go to Jim in Naperville. Hey, Sean. How are you? Hey, you know what? Back when uh, 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 Chief Justice Roberts was confirmed, yeah. the people that vetted him, uh-huh. he were no longer were, were uh, Christopher Ray and Robert Mueller. Okay. Right? I think. All right. right? So I think that... that This would go a lot better if you didn't say I think. But all right, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. I know. All right, go ahead. They got it in their pocket. Go ahead. They got it in their pocket. They got got this thing in their pocket that they got over this guy, and that's why he's making the the, uh, decisions he's making. So that, I heard that, by the way, right after he supported Obamacare, that they had dirt or they own him. Thank you, Jim, for the phone call. I tell you what, I, I here's the thing about Jim or uh, Roberts, Justice Roberts. I never liked him. I never liked you, Roberts. And then the first thing you did was Obamacare. I don't like you. So there must be a reason. Now, what is the reason? Is there dirt? Do they have dirt on him? Boy, we would know this if he were, if if the, we made a law that the Supreme Court justices had to release their tax returns the way in which they want to make Obama. In fact, we could do it under a national security, the way they're trying to get Trump's. That would be interesting. But is he a ideological Marxist or corrupt? Either way, I don't like him. I'm going to let that one sit till next week. Bob in Michigan. Hi, Bob. Hey, Sean. Congratulations on your hard work uh, paying off for you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Well, mine's not really a conspiracy theory, but I would think that Texas and the other border states should sue the Biden administration for nonfeasance under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. All right. I like this. And that states, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. And this is the best part and shall protect each of them against invasion. I like it. So invasion also means to encroach or trespass. So it would solve the illegal illegal alien aspect. I like it. Well, it would if they won the suit. Right. But that's which will go on for about 20 years. Yeah. I think you have a better chance of secession than winning that. But I, I'll tell you what. All right, let me think about it. I'm not going to give a yes or no. I'm going to go to break. I'm going to answer you. I want to think about it. And then we're going to take the rest of your calls. So everybody, we have full board. 312-642-5600 because the line just opened up. We just hung up on Bob. And I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. You always play a good song when I want to talk, damn it. All right, so I've done the... Uh, Bob's position is interesting because he himself said it's not a conspiracy. However, if he wanted to identify the U.S. government as transporting illegal immigrants rather than prosecuting them to designated states as an invasion, he would then be called a conspiracy nut. And he his demand for the federal government to honor Article 4, Section 4, Article 4 of the Constitution by protecting the states against invasion, I think he'd be right. I also think he would be called a conspiracy nut by correctly identifying the idea that the American government is actually transporting illegal aliens into your state, namely Republican states, as an invasion. I like it. I'm going all the way in. Bob, big winner with Bob. I had to just think about it and polish it up a little bit. See what we did there? All right, Gary and Wheeling, this is going to be good. Gary and Wheeling. Hey, how's it going? Very good, Gary. Convince me, baby. Convince you? Well, let's see. I'm, uh... What happened? Hang up on me? Oh, Gary was going to convince me that Trump is still president, and I...
Gary's chin must have hit the button, or the NSA blocked him. Interesting in either case. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, how's it going, buddy? Wonderful. How are you? So, Sean, I, I credit Rush Limbaugh with my the thrust of my political experience for 25 years. And I don't know if you were how much of a listener you were, but August 1st was always his anniversary. It was the, it was the day that his show started. Oh, I used to, yes, years I ago. did hear it from time so to time. So today would have been that day. And my conspiracy theory is that you had some of your Italian Goomba friends knock him off so you could take over <laughs> his radio show. <laughs> well, I- all right, although I, uh, I'm flattered to even be in the same thing, but thank you, Tom. I like it. We're going to let the audience decide on that. I would have never done that, and we wouldn't have used such a terrible disease. But all right, Kathy, and uh, where are you, Briarwood? Where are you, Brandwood? Brandwood. Braidwood. Braidwood. Braidwood, yeah. I don't even know where the hell that is. Go ahead. It's- it's south of I eighty. Oh, all right. Very enough. I must I must have drove through it. South of I eighty. I get it. Okay, very good. I drove through it. And I love your show. Absolutely love your show. Thank you. But my theory is that China cooked up this virus and it, I've actually progressed the theory a little bit. That they were planning to distribute it to, to the whole world at the Olympics. And it's either they were planning to distribute COVID or maybe COVID was a trial run. So now that everybody knows that, you know, China has all the... Your theory doesn't go far enough, Kathy. Your theory isn't far enough to me. Your theory isn't far enough. I think it, no. I think it, it, it was invested in, it was created by the world Marxist party to use against country, the only country that represented capitalism in any sense of the citizen having liberty, knowing full well that in a case of a pandemic and fear, the people would voluntarily give it away and at that point would forever subjugate themselves to world government. So if you would have worked that out, I could do a better COVID conspiracy than you, but I don't want to give her that noise because the COVID conspiracy, I just don't think she started from the right premise. The premise is that Marxists around the world understood if you could release a pandemic, if you could could propagandize a world pandemic, people who were born with the idea of liberty and freedom would voluntarily give it up, start yelling at each other about putting masks on, knowing full well it doesn't work. And no one would investigate the fact that the American government had an integral hand in creating the very virus that is now used to take away American principles. That is not a conspiracy. That, unfortunately, is the date, August 2nd, 2021. Wait till you see next year. I'll be back in 22 hours. She don't believe in shooting stars, but she believes in shoes.